Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. I'm here in beautiful Peru. I'm actually in the middle of a desert. Uh, so if you're listening to the uh, um, podcast interview, make sure you watch the video version on YouTube uh, because you can actually see my friend, the cactus here right next to me. And there's actually sand dunes uh, right uh, uh, behind me too. So the, that's the beautiful uh, sand dunes here in Peru. And we're actually in the middle of an oasis. This is the only oasis in all of South America. And it's actually uh, right behind the building. There's a, uh, it looks like a lagoon. So make sure you check out more of our videos on uh, Facebook and YouTube to check out where we're traveling to. And a big thanks to our friends at Peru Hop for sponsoring a trip all across Peru. Uh, we've been traveling with them uh, since Lima, the capital, and then into Paracas, the beach area, and then from Paracas to uh, the area here called Pacasina, and then we're going all the way to Arequipa, and then to Cusco to see world-famous Machu Picchu, and then into Lake Titicaca, and then all the way to La Paz. So thanks to La Paz. Uh, so thanks to Peru Hop. Uh, you make sure you check them out at PeruHop.com. So speaking of hopping, we have a fellow traveler, fellow travel hopper who travels around the world. She was actually in my home province of British Columbia just a few weeks ago for the Family Adventure Summit. Unfortunately, we were traveling here in South America, so we weren't able to meet in person, but definitely I was following along. Um, through the power of uh, technology and through the power of social media. So our guest today is Azizi Birkland, and she travels the world with her family. We're going to be finding out all about her travels, her blog, about family travel, about her passion for traveling healthy, uh, and also uh, for focusing on the soul, not just the sights. So Azizi, uh, welcome to the show. If you want to do a quick introduction, a little bit of a background about who you are, and a little bit more about yourself. Hello, uh, as you said, I'm Azizi Berklin, and I'm traveling. Actually, we have a big move coming up. We're selling our home, so we're taking off to be full-time nomadic or location-independent. Right now, it's myself, my husband, Ula, who is actually originally from Norway, and our two daughters, Kaya and Camilla, who are six and eight as of last week. So we are literally packing up our home. We have about 10 days left here. Uh, this is actually the best shot of the house. Otherwise, every room is filled to brim with boxes and piles. So I chose the only room that has just one piece of furniture. <laughs> so we are planning to tentatively start in Europe so that we can use my husband's family's house in Norway as a base, travel around Europe a little bit before hitting up Asia between January and May, and then uh, back to Europe for May through August, and then August heading back to Mexico uh, for the next Family Adventure Summit that's happening in September to be there by then. And uh, we're excited. We're excited to do it more full-time before we've done it more uh, less infrequent, pretty much with either myself traveling more exclusively with the girls for up to about six weeks at a time. So now we'll be doing it together instead of me going off in the world with our two daughters. So this will change things a lot in terms of living as a family, like I think a lot of us want to do. Yeah. What an amazing trip you're on. Uh, you know, you can actually see the dune buggies behind me. I wanted to uh, give you a glimpse of uh, life here in Peru. Uh, but you're about to uh, embark on this amazing adventure. Uh, tell us about some of your previous trips. I, uh, you've been covering, uh, you know, some of the upcoming ones, but. Uh, what have you guys traveled to so far as a family? I know you obviously there in uh, Penticton in the Okanagan, but tell us about some of the amazing adventures you guys have traveled to so far. 
Oh, wow. Well, we traveled a lot. My husband, being from Norway, has traveled a lot before we met. We lived in New York. And as a family, we've traveled to um, so many countries. I had my first daughter in London, actually, before I moved back to the U.S. for five years. My second daughter literally came out about two months after moving back to the U.S. But in that time, we've traveled to South America, to Brazil. We've done various places in Mexico. We've gone to Canada, as you said. We ended up going to Vancouver. My daughter, actually, their wish list is to go back to Brazil. Uh, last year, we did Costa Rica. And uh, also, we try and do some things while we're in the U.S. So we went to Denver, which is an amazing city. Did a little bit of Colorado travel this year to Boulder as well. Um, lots of places in the Caribbean. A lot of places, let's just say that. Plenty of European cities, uh, many of them, because living in London, you have access to so many. So my daughter has been to probably about 15 countries before she was two. Uh, so most of the time she'll ask, have I been to Paris? Yes. Have I been here? Yes. Unfortunately, you were two at the time. So we have to do it again now with our uh, youngest daughter who hasn't seen as much as Europe as her older sister. So. We'll start in Europe, give her a mini tour before we hit Asia up again. Uh, in Asia, we've done Southeast Asia, sort of that Cambodia, Thailand, and Vietnam. Uh, and I think I'm probably missing a lot of countries, but we'll be getting back to them. So I'll be able to refresh my memory the next time around. Yeah. Sounds amazing. I can definitely relate because my kids are five, three, and one. And my son, by the time he turned one, he'd already been to four continents and over 10 countries, but one-year-old baby. So, And obviously at one, he's not going to remember anything, but that's why we have a blog, social media, YouTube videos, and we definitely document all of these experiences. My daughter is the one who remember the most at five, and uh, she definitely has a great memory when we tell her, ask her, like, where have you been? Where did you go to first? And she can actually document it really well, uh, almost better than us sometimes. So, you know, kids have amazing memories, and, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, part of the reason we do all the documentation is to, for them to solidify their memories and their experiences when they're older to reflect on. Reflect yes. on. So, yes. Well, you actually. Yeah, my daughter, oh, sorry. Go ahead. My oldest daughter actually has a lot of fun. Uh, her fun thing is how many places has she lost teeth? Because, you know, she's at the age, she's just turning eight, and she loses teeth. On, she's already lost a tooth in Californian Whole Foods on the plane coming back from Norway. So her, her, her travel right now is cataloged by where she has lost her teeth, which is also fun as a, as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old. Yeah, it's funny, like, yeah, that we can almost remember, like, where did our son learn to walk? Where did our son uh, get potty trained? Where did he learn to talk? And uh, our daughter, where did she spend a fourth birthday, fifth birthday? So definitely these are uh, great ways to, uh, you know, mark the moment and to really remember the trip. Um, so it's easy. Uh, you are, you're one of your big passions is, like, the soul over the sights and obviously the health as well. So tell us about how you incorporate that during your travels. So yeah, for me, because I've had the pleasure of traveling around the world for the sites when I was younger, in my 20s and then 30s, but when I got to my 30s, I realized I wanted more from life in general. So travel experiences actually became a lot more uh, inner work, a lot of inner traveling. So one of the things I've done is I look up places according to perhaps there are certain events that are more soul developing. When I went to Costa Rica with my two girls, I stayed at a commune in Costa Rica, 
And we ended up, uh, the two of us, the three of us rather, we ended up going into the jungle to this female moon dance that was five days in the middle of the jungle. And uh, for, for, mostly for me, they slept, they ended up sleeping through the night while the rest of us danced around the fire and doing a lot of sacred geometry to the moon. Uh, it was very challenging because I didn't think about the fact that I'd be up during the day with two children and dancing around, finding my soul at night. But those are the ways I like to challenge myself. And there are so many places around the world where you get the opportunity to do these really life-enriching things like going to a moon dance or going to a sun dance or going to deep workshops that are in uh, different countries. And you get to engage with people who are in the country and from the country, but you also get to lead more evolved, at least for me. So those are that's one of the ways I've done uh, sort of soul searching and enriching type of travel. And uh, how about the health? Because, uh, you know, typically when you're traveling and you're on the go, it's very easy to get caught up in the fast food scene or the fried food scene or the street food scene, which isn't the typical as healthy as food. So how do you stay fit and healthy while on the road? But my health is a huge part of my life, mind, body, and spirit. So many of the things I carry, I, sort of, I have my basic essentials that I carry with me wherever I go. And that consists of sort of preventative or um, medicine that I might need, natural medicine for something that may happen. Like a, very rarely does, does anyone get a stomach bug, but if there's even, in the, even the signs of it, I've got my natural remedy bag. I even travel with salt. I travel with garlic. I travel with, um, depending on where I'm going and if I can bring in certain vegetables, I bring them in and they're sort of my starter kit. And then I kind of have a protocol that I go through when I get there. Most of the time we stay in Airbnbs. So we cook in conjunction to going out and we eat for sustenance. So my, of course we want ice cream and we want things like that, but I like to look at those as entertainment food. So I put them in the category of me seeing the show. So first I feed my mind and my body with real food, what I consider, and then I'll have entertainment food, like ice creams and cakes and things like that in moderation. Uh, and I pack food. So we'll pack sandwiches or fruit with us throughout the day for several reasons. One, with kids, they're always needing a snack and it will shut down fun on a trip with hungry kids. So I always have food in my bag wherever I go, whether it's granola bars, or fruit, which you can pick up in any country. But then uh, in addition to that, it also cuts down on time. You can spend a lot of time traveling and eating while traveling, which kind of cuts into, for me, the reason why you're there. So eating in a restaurant three times a day is absolutely a no-no for us. So I carry food with me. But then in addition to that, we just pretty, we always find a place where we can find fresh juice and that'll start off our morning. And I also ferment on the go. This is not exactly for the, um, the novice, but I do a lot of fermented foods. So I'll usually, something is usually fermenting almost anywhere we go, and that's our probiotics. So I, I've kind of built up a protocol of this, which I'm actually getting together to put on my site because I meet a lot of families who travel short-term and long-term who want to know how do they do it healthy but tasty and how do they make food an important part of their day, but not taking over the travel like it can easily do when you're in a new place? 
yeah. Some great tips. Uh, definitely something I need to incorporate. I know uh, when we're traveling, we don't eat as healthy as back home. So definitely something I need to work on. And I know a lot of the travelers. So thanks for those tips, Azizi. Um, so tell us about the funding of the lifestyle. I mean, uh, tell us about how you funded it in terms of your travels in the past and how you're traveling it, uh, how you're going to fund it now. Obviously, you're selling the home, so that's going to help. Uh, but tell us about some of the other income streams that would allow you to travel so frequently. So we are fortunate. My husband works and I'm home with the children. And this was from the start. I, I homeschool. So uh, I've always been home with the children. I worked when I was in London, I had an online business, so I was familiar with that. Once my children started coming or started having them, I primarily became the homeschool and the caretaker of the home. So my husband works outside of the home, he works for a bank, and it has afforded our lifestyle. Going forward, we are cutting, we will be cutting all of that off at some point. Don't air this before, <laughs> but, uh, the plan is that my husband will be leaving his job and we are going to start over. We have a few business ideas in mind. Property investment is one of them. We have something in the works for Mexico. I'm also going back into the online arena with my website, which is about travel and health uh, for the mind and the body as well. So we'll be starting that up again. I have a lot of experience uh, doing nutrition in the past so now I'm bringing it to the online area, combining it with spirituality, because it's also about connecting with your mental parts so that you're, you automatically gravitate towards the things that serve you with, with what you're eating and how you're traveling. So this will be exciting for us because we're going to be reskilling at the same time of teaching the girls how to live in the world. So our plan is to continue to figure out what we want to do the home from our the sale from our home is definitely a really nice cushion. So we have a year or so, depending on how we travel, before we even need to think about it. So we have that luxury, which I know a lot of people don't start off this way. Um, but for us, it'll be beneficial to just really figuring out what we want to do rather than feeling forced to earn money and take all of our time earning money rather than for the reason, which was to travel for the soul. Uh, so we're taking it slow. So property investments are definitely happening probably by the end of the year. We'll have it narrowed down between a few places in Mexico. We're talking to developers now. And my online business, as I reskill and uh, open, going into an online business now versus eight years ago is so different, in some ways really easy compared to building your site from coding to now with WordPress sites, some things are a lot easier, but uh, there are other parts that I'm relearning about social media and all that. So this is fun. This is what life is for. So uh, we'll be learning it on the way, just like our children are learning. And uh, I think we'll absorb it faster without my husband stressed out all day and me doing all the work here on the home front. Now we'll have all of that out of the way to just really focus on ourselves. And so it, it'll be exciting, yeah. Definitely sounds amazing. Uh, you know, uh, congratulations on taking that leap. A lot of people don't ever take that leap, so you've done it, and you're actually in the process of selling. So uh, congratulations there. I can definitely relate uh, to having that cushion. We sold that place too back in Vancouver, BC, Canada, and uh, it allowed us to travel for almost a year. Uh, but definitely uh, recommend uh, earning the money quick because you don't want to dive into the save too quickly. So that was uh, that's my biggest tip, to start earning uh, income as quick as possible so that I can 
enough, but definitely rely on the constant stream of uh, income uh, monthly. So Azizi, um, you know, tell us about uh, the blog. You just launched it, uh, you know, a few days ago called The World of Oak. Tell us about how you came up with the name and then tell us more about the blog itself. So that's our family blog. And after we were, we were at the Family Adventures Summit and I spoke at the summit in this past September. And we said, okay, it's time for us to get this family blog. People are asking, our family's already nervous that we're gonna drop off into the jungle of the darkest Peru and never be seen and heard from again. So we, we needed to get this together, but we didn't wanna throw a name out there. So we were in Vancouver actually, and we were in one of the parks and there was this tree that it, that it looks like uh, it must have fallen at some point, but it just became this amazing playground. So we were all climbing on this tree and I looked at the tree and me being also the herbal nomad, which is my personal website, the herbal nomad, I just thought, oh, of course it has to do with nature. And I thought, wait a minute, our name, the abbreviations of our name is Oak. It's O for my husband, Ula, A for Azizi, K for Kaya, and then an extra K for Camilla. And there it was, Oak. So we are Oak. And, and this was great. And because we're not, we're not so much as world schooling as we're just life schooling, I suppose, or world learning, that it became our journey is about our world. So it was so fun to be able to combine it all together with our names and come up with what a family is, is individuals coming together as one family unit, but still maintaining their own individuality in this world. So the world of up. That's, that's how we came up with it. So I'm excited about that. We're on Instagram as the world of Oak, two Ks, and also on Facebook. You could either, I have a group with mostly family and friends and other family travelers, so feel free to reach out there as well. I love how it worked out there with the acronym, uh, you know, the O-A-K-K, and it uh, worked out with the uh, uh, the letters of your name, uh, so brilliant. So tell us about how is it like uh, to travel, uh, you know, as a mixed couple. Uh, that's a very interesting uh, a mix, uh, African-American and uh, Norwegian. My, my background is actually Indian, and my wife's Filipino, and when we're traveling, we don't meet any other <laughs> Filipino long-term travelers, so people are always curious about that. Definitely a great conversation starter. So tell us about uh, how it is in your case, in terms of uh, uh, both the blessings, but also some of the challenges of the cultural difference. Uh this is an interesting, interesting thing. What we notice traveling is that, first of all, what I notice is that a lot of things that I have been taught, especially as a Black American or African American or whatever name they've designated for us at the time, many of that actually was false in terms of how people perceived me. Most of it I found was curiosity. So for example, when I, I've been traveling to Norway for 13 years, and in the beginning, it was clear that I stood out. And I still do stand out. But what I actually found is that people want to talk to us. They see me, I'm with this family. If, if anyone has ever been to Scandinavia, it's sort of a sea of blonde people for the most part. And then there's me. And this was before children. And so it's like, what, who is that? And what is she doing just hanging out with that family? And so people would actually come up and talk to us. And all around the world, people come up to us either as a couple and they're actually excited to see a blending of just people getting together and they feel it actually makes them feel more love, I think. And then the children came along 
And of course, people just don't know what to do with it. I have to explain to my children that when people are coming up to them and they're asking questions and their hair, they have this beautiful curly hair. If you go to our website, you'll see. And people are fascinated by this mixture of what it's created. Uh, the, the best place that has been for all of us, especially me and the girls going to, is Brazil. Because Brazil, we kind of just became one of the people there. I mean, we didn't stand out too much, although I realized children must be community property because lots of little ladies were coming up, giving the girls candy, speaking Portuguese, pinching their cheeks uh, before I had to uh, give up the secret that I did not speak Portuguese. But I find that overall, people really throughout the world love to see this. They, they want to know that people actually are loving and loving to one another. And that this idea of you stay with your kind and you stay with your kind is just an illusion. So I'm happy to be able to present that. Uh, of course, there are times when we go places and people aren't so welcoming in general. I remember years ago, I was traveling to Croatia. This was also... Uh, and I saw some younger kids, and one of them had a swastika tattoo and kind of flashed it at me. But, you know, I looked at him and I just thought, he's probably about 17 years old. My first thought was, what must have happened to you at 17 for you to already have such sad views of the world? And especially since you've never been able to meet any of these people. So I just extend compassion to people like that because... If someone's already feeling hate, it comes from within. They don't know me, so it can't be me. And I look at it that way. And I do it for all, all sides. When we got together as a couple, people of my color were angry, didn't appreciate it. And I had a lot of negative things towards us in public from people we didn't know. So you can get it from each side, but what we realized is that we're just gonna be authentic. And when people get to know us, and they see our children and they see that we're just people who are loving the world. They just want to be a part of it, I've found. So it's been um, a real benefit for us blending not just color, if you will, but cultures, because the Norwegian culture is so different. So my children get to take part in that. And then him coming to America, he gets to sort of get a touch of what he wants from America from the eyes of a Norwegian. And so we're able to blend cultures and color, I suppose. And now our children become a blended uh, of both, which is, which is um, really nice. And they're looking forward to it. We also don't discuss color with our children in that regard. We also don't discuss any things about them being a woman and that being something that they should worry about. So they see their lives as just nothing but upsides. And they love, they love their curly hair and they love that they have these blended families that grandma's in Brooklyn and from on my side and his family who actually just came to help us pack or in Norway. So this has been a wonderful uh, experience for us. Sounds great. Uh, so tell us about um, any tips or advice you give to someone who's maybe watching this interview or listening on iTunes and they think you're becoming nomadic. You're already in the process of doing it, so this is fresh, uh, literally. Tell us about um, any advice you give to that person who's watching now, who's thinking of doing it but haven't leapt yet. And besides, just, just do it, slogan. Right, no, I, I don't believe in just do it. We're all doing a process. So I would say, 
when I just, the, the, the workshop that I did at FAS actually was about decluttering. And what I found is that the process of moving is not about getting rid of the things in our life as much as it is getting rid of the thoughts that are keeping you where you're at. So what I would say is search through those thoughts that are keeping you in situations that you don't really want to be in. That could be relationship, that could be literally your country, but make peace with it so that if you do decide to go out and do this, you're not running. You don't want to run from your life because everywhere you go, surprise, you're there. I know we've heard this, but you meet people and you realize they're running from job to job or relationship to relationship or country to country, trying to find something that makes them feel better about their lives, but really, it's about cleaning up their past and looking at those painful parts and only pulling out the parts that actually serve you. So if you do that, you'll find that when you go out into the world, you're going more freely and you're not running and trying to avoid parts of your life. So I guess the long, the short version of that is I would say any painful point that is preventing you from traveling is exactly the one you want to dig deep on. You want to fully analyze that and look at, the painful parts and say, okay, this is making me feel X, Y, and Z. I don't like it. This part's making me feel, feel bad. But what a part this, what about this negative feeling is actually serving me? And bring forth those positive parts out of this negative thought or negative experience that's keeping you in a place you don't want to be. Don't avoid those negatives by running uh, because they just come with you and they, they show up in other ways. And, this is the last thing you want to do when you're out in the world, when you don't speak the language, you're far from home. Those thoughts, but don't fear them. Don't try and bury them. Bring them out to the surface and figure out what about those thoughts you should be bringing with you because they've protected you this long and kept you where you're at. So um, th that's, that's what, what I would say. When I did that, my trip became very different than what I originally thought. If you had asked me maybe two years ago if I had done this, I would have definitely been running for my life. But in that time, I realized I feel like I have to go. And when I cleaned up all of those things, I found a lot of good things in those parts that I wanted to get rid of. When I started to bring those with me, the negative parts of them just kind of faded away. And this became so easy to do, actually. The, the going out into the world actually became just completely natural and free. So uh, hopefully that helps you. Yeah, some solid advice there. So to end off, Azizi, uh, tell us about how people can find out about you. You have the website you launched, the social media, the Facebook group. Tell us more how they can reach out and ask you some questions and follow you on this amazing adventure that's upcoming. All right. So there's two ways. If you want to contact me directly, I just started my website for traveling uh, in health, and that's theherbalnomad.com, or you can email me at azizi at theherbalnomad.com. And if you want to follow us as a family, then that's the world of Oak, remember O-A-K-K, two Ks. And we're on Instagram under that name. We also have a Facebook group under the same name as well, the world of Oak. 
Awesome, and I'll actually have those links below. So if you're watching this on YouTube, they'll be right in the YouTube description. If you're listening on iTunes, I'll have them on the show notes. So Azizi, thanks again, and I definitely wish you the best in this journey that's upcoming. And I know we'll have you back on the show when you're on the road. So looking forward to having you back, maybe with your husband and kids on the next show. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks for having me. Enjoy Peru. Yeah, thank you. We are definitely going to enjoy Peru. We're actually heading on a bus in a few hours to Arequipa and then definitely to Cusco to the world famous Machu Picchu. So thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. Make sure you connect with Azizi, uh, you know, as she travels around the world with her family. Make sure you connect with us as we travel with our family. Our daughter is actually here on the interview as well. Um, you know, you can check out our website at, what is the website? Daddyblogger.com. Yes, there you go, daddyblogger.com. And also make sure you check out the Daddy Blogger World Tour. Make sure you check out the Digital Nomad Mastery where we interview digital nomads from around the world. Uh, so thanks, everyone. We'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where? Where we meet and teach you how to make money while traveling the world.